The CHGO Fire Podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I am Pat McCraney back in the left-sided chair. You are Alex Campbell in the right-sided chair. We're reunited. But hey, someone named Alex has been in this chair for a few weeks in a row now, so we yeah. are at least keeping that consistent. I was off getting my U.S. Soccer C license, C coaching license in Rockford, so I was away. I'm almost there. I'm this close. I got to be honest. I thought you were like going to be a captain of a ship. I thought it was your C license, S-E-A. S-E-A, yes, R. Exactly, yeah. I thought you were going to be a pirate. Not that. Hey, we have something cool coming up this weekend. Before we talk about the fire on a three-game winning streak, Whoop. we have to talk about a cool thing that we're hoping Lawrence will come to this weekend. It is the Hi. official CHGO Fire, CHGO Red Stars tailgate crossover event brought to you by the fine folks who make the beautiful, tasty beer at Revolution Brewing. We're official. We're sponsored. Yeah, it, that's how you know we're cool. It's the 30th on the Waldron Deck at Soldier Field at 2 p.m. Why are we doing this? Because the Fire play at 4, the Red Stars play at 7. It is a doubleheader. You buy one ticket, and you get to go to two Soccer games at Soldier Field. I think that's a pretty good deal. The and fire, hopefully you see each team get three points out the, of yeah. these games. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the Fire are on a three-game winning streak playing Atlanta United. Who are who, bad. But they're one of those teams I don't... I don't trust them. Yeah. And then the second game is the San Diego Wave against the Chicago Red Stars. Two very, very good teams. In two NWSL. actually good soccer yeah. teams. Yeah, first versus third. Mal Pugh against Alex Morgan. Should be a good night for the Red Stars. That should be an exciting game. So... Assuming you're maybe more of a fire persuasion if you're watching or listening to this podcast, definitely stick around for the Red Stars game if you can. Yeah. Because, again, that's going to be – if you were to go to any Red Stars home game this year, even if it was in Bridgeview, that's just one of the better matchups you're going to see this season. San Diego doing some really impressive things as an expansion team. But we are going to talk more Red Stars later in the show because the fire on a three-game winning streak, Pat. We so, have to yeah. start there. We declared them dead. We did. And then they proved us wrong and have won three in a row, nine points out of nine, and they are now two points back of the playoff line. I said, I don't know, a month ago on this show, they needed to take 12 of 15 points. There was a three-game homestand and then one game in Vancouver and then this Atlanta game. I said 12 of 15, nothing less before I would declare them back in the playoff race. So I remember laughing at you. So you said there's no way. You want them to get 12 points, and then they went out and blow the first game against Columbus. So there's no way they're going to get 12 points at that point. If they win Saturday, that's 12. Yep. And it's not unreasonable to think. They're, they're points bet money line favorites on Saturday. It is not unreasonable to think they could win that game on Saturday. It's also the fire, so it's not unreasonable to think they will not win. Last but, time they played Atlanta, of course, in Atlanta, Cisneros with that hat good. trick. Yeah. That was, it was not, was not good, but this is... Not even that Atlanta team, and that Atlanta team was not in the best of form. We'll get to that matchup more in a minute, but this is an opportunity this weekend for the Fire to jump into the playoff picture for the first time this season. And when you look at the teams around them in this area of the table, Cincinnati, Charlotte, it's no one you're really afraid of. This is in the Eastern Conference in MLS. The playoff race is going to be wide open down the stretch of this there's season. There's like a glut of teams from about 6 to 13, and then there's D.C. United. Hey, at look the on screen. Look at that. I made this beautiful graphic. Yeah, there's the table. You so know what, Lawrence? You are on top of it today. Hey, 
you know. So if we, if we look at this, Pat, I mean, so D.C., we're going to count D.C. out. Even if Wayne Rooney works some miracles, that team is such a long way off playoffs. Toronto, ordinarily, we would say, are out, no, but they I'm, might win no. every game the rest I'm of the year by five. I'm not counting Toronto out, yeah. Yeah, Frederico Bernadeschi, Lorenzo Insigne look pretty good. 4-0 win for them over Charlotte. And like a, a 10 years back version of Michael Bradley had two goals in one MLS player of the week last game. So, so Toronto, you can't count out. Atlanta, Miami, New England, those teams all feel like they're just going the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. Cincinnati, can they keep it up? Charlotte, I don't understand that team at all. It's there. It, it, whichever team, whether it's the fire or anybody else, you just put a few wins together and you're going to be above you that playoff You have line. games against a lot of these teams, too. Right. So there's these six-pointers that are coming up starting this weekend against Atlanta. That you have The fire have the opportunity to really, really solidify themselves as a playoff team. Are they for real? I, I mean, I get paid to know this stuff, and I don't know. Right, it's, it's the fire. Do we? Do I really trust? After all, I've seen um, that they're gonna, you know, really carry through with this playoff push. No, not yet. But I will say this: they've looked really good these last three games, and progressively better too. Um, Rafa Shihas has has been an absolutely phenomenal signing both defensively and he's scoring Chicago goals. fire leading goal scorer Rafael Shehos. yeah I, I did a story with him because um, I, I got the sense that this guy was in like incredibly intense all the time that's how he came across to me he's a giant goofball and he's hilarious and I did the story for for CHGO about him driving the the giant pick him up truck and and his neighbors wanting him to wear cowboy hats because he's full on embracing pick him up truck I would have thought truck, pick yeah. me up truck might yeah. have been I, I would have thought <laughs> Just pickup truck, which is no. Nah, it's he's he's going like full on Texas culture. Pick him up. I think he's equating like Illinois and Texas, but um, yeah, pick him up truck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever he's it. saying. But yeah, not only so, like, a lot of fun. Go ahead. And in, in that story, he's like, you know, I, I'm telling my son he should be a striker because they get all the glory. But Rafa's getting all the glory now. He's coming forward and scoring goals every game. In addition to that, playing quality center back and being a good leader. So yeah, six goals, only one against. Uh, the points bet pick of the week did not hit last week because Gaga did give up a goal. But the really the craziest thing, Pat, about this Vancouver game, you and I have been watching this team for a long time. Can you remember the last time the Fire won a game in which they blew a lead? No. Like, th- this isn't like something that, they do. When was, I mean, that's their first ever win in, Ca- in Cascadia, isn't Correct. it? Correct. Like, the, the amount of things that were going against them in this game that, that I'm like, well, Vancouver's not that good, but they just got Julian Gressel. Maybe they're Who gonna- had a bad game yeah. and then did not start in the Canadian Championship last night, which Vancouver somehow beat Toronto in. I don't understand, but hey, MLS. You know, what can, what can you say? But like it, it, everything in this game was sort of lining up to be, well, this is one of those games that if I just lose, right? This is one of those games where, you know, the, I, I'm thinking about the, the San Jose game where Chris Wondolowski scored the four goals in 2019. It, it felt like one of those types of games where, nah, they're not going to go there and win. Even like if you're talking about really modern fire history, Houston and San Jose, those two, those two road games in the last month, those, this felt like another one of those, and it wasn't. They not only came back, then they added a third goal from Chris Mueller, who we're going to talk about later. We, what a goal. I mean, first, yeah, what a goal. What a player, an amazing, absolutely superstar midseason signing by Georg Heitz in the, in the fire. I, I, I called for his firing a few weeks ago. This is one that, that they got absolutely right, and we have to give him credit for that. But speaking of a signing that's, you know, had more debate about it, 
Jordan Shakiri scored a goal with his right foot. Which, yep. speaking of things yep. we didn't know if they were allowed, the Fire winning a game in which they blew a lead. Shakiri doing anything with his right foot is uh, pretty impressive. And it was a well-taken goal, nice yeah. finish, gave the Fire the lead, and he is slowly starting, it feels like, to yeah. buy in fully and to round into form. That's another thing we were talking about a couple weeks ago. There was a lot of questions from fans and listeners of this show. Hey, is, is, is Shaq bought in? Is he taking this seriously? Where's his head at? And I think about a month ago, we were like, we don't really know. And now, over these last couple of games, it seems like more than anybody, his belief in what's going on here seems to be fully all speed ahead. He seems very much engaged right now. The team feels like they're figuring things out. I was saying off air before we started this show, I noticed a lot in this Vancouver game about how Shaq likes to drift wide when the fire are in possession. Yeah. And so much earlier this season, Shaq would do that, but no one else like got the memo he was going to do it. So you'd end, you'd end up with him standing right next to a winger on one side, and that became very easy to defend. What you saw more in this game is when Shaq would go left, Brian Gutierrez would just fill in seamlessly into that number 10 role, mm -hmm. which he kind of likes anyway. It's probably where Brian Gutierrez is most suited to playing. Right. And when he went right, Chris Mueller would almost go upfield and form kind of a strike partnership with John Duran, who then sometimes also knew to drop in and fill the space Shakiri had vacated. So it seems like that group of attackers, who now have several games together as a unit, are really developing a better chemistry, and we're seeing that pay off in how the attack is just functioning, including the end product of more goals. And then to, to consider that you are hopefully now Jairo Torres is, is nearing healthy. He had the hip issue, which, you know, he came here from Atlas. Apparently they were just drugging him at Atlas from what I'm hearing to, to get him through the pain. He gets here in the fire. Like we're going to do this the right way. And it's going to take a little time and it's going to be frustrating. Well, they did that. Uh, he's slowly recovering. And then he, he went on health and safety protocols last week. But um, to think that maybe Jairo Torres fits into this mix too, suddenly you've got options. I don't know where that leaves Casper Shavilko because it seems like John Duran is pretty much taking his spot. If Duran's healthy, yeah. it looks like he's going to yeah. start. Even Ezra said that, and it's you know you can't really argue with that. Duran has been a lot better in his brief appearances than than Shavilko was at the early part of the season. But it, it feels like uh, something's really starting to happen with the attack. The defense on this team has been pretty decent from the beginning. Again, so. it, it, it's it doesn't quite line up perfectly, but it's pretty close. The Fire had those couple bad games, really bad games. We declared yep. them dead, and now they've rebounded. Carlos Tehran had like a three-week stretch there where he was miserable. And then since, he's been as good Another as White Omsberg I, was. Yeah, I wanted to write him off, too, after those first few games. You know, stupid decisions to stab or to, to pick up a card. He's been very, very good. Yes. Very good. And, um, you know, it's not he's not just a joke with the monster throw-ins now. He's been a very, very solid defender in these last few games. It, it's Ezra has been talking all year about, you know, we've got elements of good. It's just a matter of being consistent. He's been saying, he says the word consistency in every single news conference that we ever speak to him in. And it seems like finally now in these last three games, there has been consistency. Yeah, and um, we're gonna just—I'll just mention him briefly because he didn't have to do a lot in this game. I mentioned that Gaga did not get another clean sheet, but it was a fairly quiet evening for Gaga overall. We didn't have to see him make any really marquee, amazing saves. Vancouver didn't produce that much offensively, and there was really nothing Gaga would have done on the goal. So, you know, I—I I don't think we should think that this game's gonna like you know 
result in a you know a downturn in any sort of form from him. Is I Chelsea think. pulling out. We we still don't know. There's no there's still no updates on that. The frustration again seems to be that Chelsea is in no hurry to get that deal done because there's really no incentive for Chelsea to make sure it gets done this summer. They could just sign him in the winter and it makes no difference to them. Honestly, it might be better almost for the fire if it waits too, because if they wait for the allocation order situation to reset, yes. if they wait to sell Gaga until the MLS calendar is officially on 2023, he can be loaned back in easily, no problem. If they do it before that calendar flip, you have some potential allocation order concerns. They might have to pay someone in order to go get Gaga. It gets really complicated. Chelsea doesn't care about any of that. doesn't matter to them. Hashtag Gaga Saga. Yeah. So, yes, hashtag Gaga Saga. Chelsea, are we talking about the team that lost 4 nothing in the Florida Cup final to hey Arsenal? Yes. That Chelsea? Are we talking about them? That, that Chelsea, sure. who could use some uh, more defenders. I think, they're, I, I think they're a little more focused uh, right now on signing some more people who play defense than signing 18-year-olds who play goalie. So, yeah, that's gone nowhere. MLS transfer window is not open that much longer, so that's got to resolve itself or not, and maybe it'll just go to the winner. Again, Gaga Slanina is 18 years old. He's a very big prospect. Whether it's Chelsea or somewhere else, he's going to end up playing goalkeeper in Europe at some point. But because he's so young, I'm not sure for his career development, it's that big a deal how quickly that happens. Yeah. Uh, looking at the fire schedule after Atlanta real yes. quick. Um, start of August, they are at Charlotte for the first time ever. Big game. Yeah. That's a six-pointer against Brant Bronico and Charlotte FC. Um, game after that, at Philadelphia, that's going to be oof tough. I know they beat Philly at home in that one nothing game at Soldier Field, but going into Philadelphia, I don't see them getting points. Ha- oh, Philadelphia yeah. will have their full comp- complement of children back to uh, give that team depth, because that's the other thing. When the Fire played Philly, that was during the U-20 CONCACAF tournament, which basically meant Philly had no depth whatsoever. And when they needed to change things in that game, Jim Curtin couldn't really adjust. So they'll have their full squad mm-hmm. back for that game. That's going to be tough. And then after that, home against NYCFC, yeah. who this week, sold isn't even the right word. They lost Tati Castellanos. He has moved to a different city football group club in Girona, who are at the lower end of La Liga. So that's going to be interesting to see how he does there. Basically, for those unfamiliar, city football group, wanted a about a 15 they wanted 20 million dollars for Tati Castellanos yeah. no one would give them that so now the idea is if he goes to La Liga and looks good someone will give them that money I, so yeah. he is technically on loan from NYCFC to Girona there was reporting initially that suggested he was going to get bought by Man City as an in-house transaction and then loaned but the understanding now is he's loaned from NYCFC to La Liga so something to watch. They still have Bear, who's going to lead that line, mm-hmm. um, but an interesting time for NYCFC. Two more after that. Uh, the August 28th game is now August 27th against Montreal at Soldier Field. The return of Georgi Mihailovic, uh, assuming he's still there. And um, a little uh, change because the last game of the year against the Revolution, the um, it was supposed to be like the, the 25th anniversary party. That was when they were going to give out these little replicas of old Soldier Field. That got moved up quietly to the Montreal game because the last game of the year is now going to be at SeatGeek because they had to get kicked out because of the Bears. So uh, that would be a good game to go to Saturday night. Soldier Field replicas as the giveaway and Montreal. Georgie's back. 
and it's a six-pointer. Yeah. Quick and then question. they're going to close out wait, the wait, month wait, hold on, at real quick. Hold on. Bruce I Arena's hear, New England Revolution. I, I want to hear about these Soldier Field so they are. It are they, looks like. Do they have the dome on them? No. It, it, do they actually, the they don't even have the spaceship. It looks like they've got the old, like from 25 years ago, the old colored seats Yellow all the orange, way around. It, you, the the columns things, are actually yeah. at the top of the, yeah. wow. the stands. They look pretty sweet. I've only seen one tiny little photo of it, but I want one. So. Nice. Um, but yeah, it, obviously a really big month ahead with a lot of teams. Games against a lot of teams at the fire are right there in that playoff mix with. So it's then we're going to know by the end of August if they're, if they're yeah. Because then New England Revolution game, even we can say now that's going to end up being a must win. Because man, the Revolution, yep. they have sold their stars and down they go. They just they are they're not going to be able to maintain their level from last year without the likes of Tajon Buchanan and Matt Turner and Adam Buxa. It's just not – they're not going to be able to keep it there. Carlos Hill cannot do it all himself. And so, you know, the fire, again, big, big month ahead. And, you know, we're going to keep covering it through all of that. We are your home for Chicago fire content. Yeah. And the best way to support us, Pat, tell the people. It is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHG Locker. Could be this one. Could be that one. Could be the Skyline one. Could be the Fire one. We have options, people. We have options. Lots of cool stuff on there. Uh, that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. See an edge in the game you're watching? Is your favorite team prime for a comeback? Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. There's more live betting more live markets, and faster live cash-outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now. Use promo code CHGO. What are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And now it is my turn to tell you about Owen, only what you need. O-W-Y-N, Owen, is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All of their products are free from any artificial ingredients. They're allergen-friendly with no gluten or dairy. Great for someone like me who's got food allergies that are easily digestible. I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields. Shout out to the guys at CHGO Bears as training camp opens. Justin Fields himself follows a plant-based diet, and Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. That's L-I-V-E-O-W-Y-N.com with the code CHGO20. That's code CHGO20. So join me and Justin Fields and try Owen only what you need. Pat, a player we have not talked about yet today, but... Who you discovered is making a big difference? Yeah. Mauricio Pineda. Super interesting. So uh, I've been seeing a lot of comments on Twitter. Hey, why do we pay Gaston Jimenez when we have Mauricio Pineda who's doing just as good of a job? So I looked into this. When Mauricio Pineda plays more than 45 minutes this season, the Fire have five wins, five draws, and have only lost three times. That's 20 points, 
1.53 points per game. When Maori plays 45 minutes or less, the Fire have two wins, zero draws, and seven losses. That's six points for a 0.67 points per game. That's a monstrous impact that he's having when he's on the field. And with, with a player like that, it's not because of the giant number of things that you see. It's because of the consistency and the intelligence that he brings and, and, the, and the, the work rate that he brings. You don't notice every little thing that he does, but he's been very, very good for the fire since you know signing in 2020 when he was the defensive player of the year playing center back for Rafa Wicke. Now he's playing in central midfield, more of a natural role for him under Ezra, Ezra Hendrickson. And, you know, it, it's hard to argue with the thought that you could, you know, you, you have to have him in the lineup against Atlanta. You have to have him in the lineup going forward unless something changes. Well, and as we've talked about, you talked about when he was playing center back for Rafa Wicke, he was playing in the middle of a back three, which has always kind of felt like his best position. He's really not suited to being a center back in a, in a two-man center back pairing. Yeah. He's not quite suited to the role he played in college at North Carolina at the MLS level at least, which was he was the solo six yeah. in a 4-3-3. But it seems like playing alongside Fetty Navarro, which we've talked about on the show, Fetty Navarro and Gaston Jimenez have complemented each other well this year. But the freedom Pineda gives Navarro to press, to get into the attack, and not have to worry about where Gaston is, because that's kind of been the thing. Gaston and Fetty have to be very careful of where each other is on the field to make sure at least one of them is contributing forward yeah. offensively or defensively, and to make sure they're both not forward in the attack, Pineda's first instinct is to stay back. And so at times when the fire are in possession, he's not that far ahead of the center backs. It's not quite a back three, but it's kind of close, and it allows Fetty Navarro to kind of roam that space in front of him and help combine with the likes of Shakiri and Gutierrez in possession. But also then when the fire are defending, it gives Navarro that license to mm -hmm. press forward, knowing that he's got Pineda behind him. And you're talking about more of that transition moment because right. when the fire set up their defense, if you look at it, they set it up in a 4-4-2. Shaq goes high alongside the striker, and it's more of a 4-4-2. But when you catch them in that transition moment and you catch them with, you know, with the midfield too high, that's when you can really exploit that space underneath. And with, with Maori there, he just he's not going to let that happen. So it, he's, you know, he's quietly vital to this team. And if you think about it, like at the beginning of the season, he was filling in for Fede and, and the fire were winning and, and drawing and things were looking okay. This is when they were second in the table and, and people were very, very excited about things. He wasn't there for as much of the 10 game uh, winless streak as um, some other players. And then coming back recently, he was thrown back into the mix did incredibly well and, and, and I think has made a case that he has to absolutely be out there. Now, other players that absolutely have to be out there, Chris Mueller, who we were trying to think of a better signing for the fire. In recent years, um, the, the benchmark I was trying to beat is Chris Mueller the best fire signing since Bastian Schweinsteiger. I could make a case for another guy on this current team in, in Rafa Shehas. But I, for me, it is it is Mueller. I think in, in the impact that he has he has immediately had. They lost that first game where he made the brief appearance against Atlanta, but he makes his presence felt in every single game for the Fire. You you when Ivanov was there or some of the other options that they had there, you just didn't notice what they were doing as much as what 
what Chris Mueller does. This every time he's on the field, he he attracts defenders, he creates chances. He's been absolutely phenomenal for the team this season, and and he was. I, he's a huge reason why they've won these last three games. And I think Shios definitely deserves a shot. You could say Chris Mueller is the best signing since him, but those two this season, again, we can quibble with some other recent fire transfers, but those two have to be one and two since Schweinsteiger. And if you go before Schweinsteiger, um, <laughs> Nemanja Nikolic yeah. was really good for a Dax. couple of years there. Dax, Dax McCarty is, yeah, right. is, is definitely in that group. But, I mean, it's been, it's been tough. These last few years, the Fire have not had a lot of hits. John Duran could obviously prove to be a, a great signing if he, you know, looks like he's on his way to his potential and the Fire end up selling him for a significant amount of money. That could turn out to be a very good signing, but Mueller as a mid-season acquisition looks like a stroke of genius right now, and, and Rafa Shehos just looks like a really well-executed signing. Yeah, he, he is everything that... They were kind of lacking in Francisco Calvo, I think, as far as leadership goes. He ended uh, up in Turkey. He's in Turkey now. Yeah, they, they didn't they didn't want him around in San Jose very long. So he, he was perfect for that Quakes team. He just embodied <laughs> everything about that Quakes team. But I digress. Um, leading ML, he was I think leading MLS in interceptions again when he left, and San Jose was leading in goals allowed. So that is the Francisco Calvo experience. But um, as far as, as, as she has, he's, he's been rock solid. He's been, you know, from a leadership standpoint and from a, you know, just steadiness in the back line standpoint, he's, there's been a couple times where you could probably blame him for a goal, um, but overall excellent. And then in the last few games, scoring goals going forward, doing things you, you don't, you know, he doesn't, like you said, he, He's a center back. He's only really getting forward on set pieces, or he might still be high immediately after a set piece. But Which we talked about yeah. in the past. That seems to be his most dangerous moment yeah. is if the fire can maintain possession following a set piece and that kind of recycle possession, Shios doesn't want to go back. No. He just kind of hangs out He'll and make that run the forward. box. Yeah. And we've seen multiple times now opponents lose him. They just forget he is still there, and he gets these free headers. It, yeah, it, he's he's a crafty player. He's a smart player, and he's been he's been a phenomenal pickup as well. That you could say, you know, if you're if you're don't you mean pick him up? Pick him up. He, he drives a pick him up truck. Call back. Yep, that's right. You know what? It, you could say <laughs> that the problem with this team is that the the players that were supposed to be the best players are Aren't not. It's it's not Shaq and Gaston and and we haven't really seen enough of Jairo Torres to even Shabilko yeah Shabilko it's not those guys it's Chihas and it's Chris Mueller and and while you know you expect Brian Gutierrez Brian Gutierrez has been and Mauricio Pineda Fede Navarro has yeah. been good I think the fullbacks we saw some rotation there I don't think we're going to see much fullback rotation I think if Sekulich and Navarro are available. I think they're both going to start, and maybe in games with a fire, think they're going to be under fire a lot, no pun intended. Maybe you see Johnny Bornstein in for Navarro in certain circumstances. Yeah, I, I could see the rotation on the left. I can't see the rotation on the right very yeah. much. Es Espinoza was kind of all over the place in that Columbus game. and so I think that that's probably that. I would think maybe we can see, a, because he is two-footed, I think I'd rather see Andre Reynolds get a crack at right back at this point than um, more of the John Espinoza experience. Yeah, I think it's time for that. I would like to see more of that. Also, I don't know if we've uh, talked since. Shout out to Justin Reynolds and uh, Sergio Orihel 
for both getting called up to yeah. the U19 camp. Uh, or hell, interestingly listed as a forward. So that's something to keep an eye on in terms of where the national team program sees him. Uh, Alex Calabrese did talk about how he's been a 10, but maybe a 6. He's, again, he's kind of unknown exactly what his role is going to be. But really good to see Justin Reynolds, whose rise in the youth in the youth arena has been kind of meteoric this year. I kind of made a joke on Twitter that at the start of the season, he was just Andre's little brother. And it's, it's clear that not only within the fire organization, but within U.S. soccer, his stock has risen significantly this year. So that's cool to see. Always good to see fire guys getting, getting yeah. those chances. And, and not bo- still sure who the coach of that team is. U.S. soccer is weird in that they don't tell you who these youth team coaches are until like a week before the camp actually happens. But... <laughs> are going to have a couple of fire young guys going away to a national team camp soon, which is cool to see. Yeah. And those, those, the two Reynolds brothers are just absolutely phenomenal human beings too. It's, yes. It's, like it's nice in one hand to see fire guys getting a chance, but it's also nice to see really good people succeeding. And both of those guys are, are fantastic dudes. So actually met Justin for the first time at training when I was there to talk to Rafa. She has a couple weeks ago, came up to me, introduced himself, you know, just really cool guy. So. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, we just still call them kids because they are getting older. Andre's, what, 21, 22 now? I don't remember. They're, they're, I'm, I'm 42, dude. They're all kids to me. Yeah, that's, that's very Get fair. Get off my lawn. Very fair. <laughs> um, Lawrence, you hear me on this. Oh, I definitely hear you as someone who's <laughs> older than you. Is it time for the points bet pick of the week? I think it is. And this one I'm, I'm feeling better about than I normally do because the Fire have done this in this winning streak. We're picking the Fire to score first. They've been scoring first a lot. They have. It's minus 130 on points, but the Fire have been starting games really well lately. Again, we're not. this Atlanta team is weird. We didn't want to do any bets with who's going to win this game if it's going to be a draw just because this Atlanta team, uh, when they play the Fire, they seem to find the back of the net at least once or twice. I think we could have a bit of a track meet here, but I think the Fire's strong starts are going to continue, and they will get on the board first in this game again. A weird thing on points bet, if I may, they still have Bezerra and Alex Monas as really, really likely to score. And if you're if you're betting goal scores, those two are still really high. We you don't know what's going out, on there. We cannot figure out why. And you cannot bet on Jairo Torres to score a goal. He does not exist on the list of goal scorers. So I would like to bet on Jairo to score a goal. I feel like he's due for one, but you can't right now. So, uh, but yeah, plus or minus one thirty to score first against this Atlanta team at Soldier Field. Yeah, the, he the, might be onto something. The Atlanta defense and goalkeeping situation right now is uh, bad. I think is the nice way to put it. They're just they're a sieve right now. They still have lots of attacking talent uh, up the other end of the pitch, but man, they're not keeping anybody out right now. Um, they've had a couple. They've had a goalkeeping injury crisis. Brad Guzan, uh, former Fire member Bobby Shuttleworth, veterans who are both out injured at Shuttleworth this point. Shuttleworth has retired at this point. And yeah. Guzan is. I, I saw on social media he's he's running again. He's in in his rehab, but obviously he's not. they really. I don't think yeah. when he. I think when he first got hurt, he ruptured his Achilles. I think that was an injury that was like, yeah, he might be done for the year. But now I think looking around the team, it's like, man, can you give us anything because they could really use him. I'm still on the campaign that after this season, I would like the fire to bring back Brad Guzan. Yeah, when Gaga Slanina leaves. Have Chris Brady be the starter and bring in Brad Guzan to be like the veteran mentor backup situation. Still on that train. Make it happen. 
It's just because he's from Homer Glen and you're from Homer Glen. It's mostly what I want. Bald soccer-related people from Homer Glen, Illinois. Got to stick together and shout out Providence Catholic High School. Well, <laughs> we're at it. That's enough about the fire. They play Atlanta. Four o'clock. First half of the doubleheader on Saturday. Yeah. But we wanted to take some time to talk about the second half of that doubleheader. We mentioned it a bit in the intro. Red Stars, San Diego Wave, third hosting first yeah. in the NWSL. For a Fire fan who's coming to the game who has not experienced the Red Stars, you are still very active in, in Red Stars media, and you, are, you follow what's going on with that team very, very closely. So you are the perfect guy to sort of bridge the gap between the, the Fire fan who wants to know more about the Red Stars and maybe become a Red Stars fan. Guide us through this. What do we need to know about this Red Stars team and what's going on with them? So I'll, I guess I'll kind of go backwards a little bit to start. There are still a lot of familiar faces. If you've been a casual Chicago soccer fan for a while, there are still a lot of names on this Red Stars team you're going to recognize. Alyssa Nayer, U.S. Women's mm-hmm. National Team starter, is still in goal. Vanessa DiBernardo and Danny Colaprico are still marshalling the midfield. Morgan Cadraw also still on the team, but she's had some injury issues this year that have really limited her contribution. Erin Wright, if you missed her, she was gone about a year and a half after she had a kid and had some injury issues. She's back, playing a lot of left wing back. Bianca St. George, who, for reasons that are a little bit complicated and we're not going to dig into today, vanished last year. She's back playing a bigger role. She's gotten called up again by the Canadian national team. But there's a lot of youth on this team, and there's been a lot of change for the Red Stars this year. Rory Dames amid scandal is gone. Um, the Red Stars aren't playing a 4-2-3-1 every game. Chris Petroselli, formerly of Notre Dame and SMU, has come in and been the guy tasked with steadying the ship. He's playing more of a 3-4-3, which okay. has seen some really exciting soccer played by this Red Stars team this year. Um, the problem is they've had a bit of an injury crisis at center back. Uh, before the season even started, Tierna Davidson tore mm-hmm. her ACL, You know, would have been starting for the U.S. Women's National Team in their very important recent CONCACAF championship games, had she been healthy, you would have thought, kind of seen as the heir to Becky Sauerbrunn in the U.S. women's national team backline. And then to compound things, Kayla Sharples then tore her ACL. So the Red Stars currently only have three recognized center backs on the roster. One of them is Tatum Malazzo in her second season, who was really a fullback by trade, right. and is now like the most experienced center back. They have back there, she's playing largely alongside Zoe Morse, also in her second season, and Amanda Kowalski, who was signed in an emergency kind of capacity after Davidson's injury. But on the other side of things, Mal Pugh... Still doing Mal Pugh things? Not even still doing Mal Pugh things. Mal Pugh is finally the professional player everyone thought she would become six years ago. It's crazy to think. She was, like, 17? Yeah years old on the Olympic team in 2016 and everyone's like wow she's gonna be like the greatest U.S. women's player ever and then a combination of injuries a difficult brief college experience some club situations that weren't great kind of created some stumbling blocks for her but she has really now fully emerged into a superstar in this league she's one of the top goal scorers Definitely a favorite in the MVP race in the NWSL this year. She's appointment viewing on TV, which is sometimes hard to find, like this game will be. It's going to be on Twitch, another reason that you need to go in person and watch. She's appointment viewing. She is that good. This team is better than I thought they were going to be. I had them as a playoff bubble team in the offseason. I'm like, man, 
the whole Rory Dame situation is going to be tough to overcome. They really look like they don't have the horses in terms of roster strength and depth. I'm not so sure. And they've been really impressive. It's going to be tough for them to maintain this form given how thin they are at yeah. the back. But they play some really fun soccer. They're, Vanessa Bernardo has dropped into a deeper role and is playing a lot in kind of a double pivot with Danny Colaprico. And those are two very dynamic national team quality mm-hmm. players in terms of talent. And you're seeing a lot of young players contribute up top. Ava Cook out of Michigan State has four assists, I think, already this year. She's looked really promising. Sarah Griffith out of Purdue, another Naperville Pipeline uh, alum, so to speak, for the Red Stars. She's looked really bright in moments. Yuki Nagasato is back on the Red Stars this year after her trip to Louisville last year. Wanted to be back in Chicago. Her and her fiancé preferred to be here. Her fiancé, he is from Chicago, so there's some local ties there with them wanting to be back. So, again, there's a lot of good storylines around this team. And then if we talk, Pat, about specifically this game this weekend, talk about a team who was not expected to be this good. San Diego Wave, oh, run yeah. by former U.S. women's national team coach Jill Ellis. She is the uh, sporting director, GM. I don't know her exact title. Casey Stoney, formerly of Manchester mm-hmm. United, is the head coach. And Alex Morgan is just scoring goals for fun right now. And uh, probably the best tear of her career, would, or close to it. Given the way that for many national team players, that was always the priority over the NWSL. Alex Morgan has already scored more goals halfway through this NWSL season than she has ever scored in the league. It's she's got mom strength is what it is. Yes. Got the got those mom muscles going now. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of the thing you're getting. I mean, you're not just getting a Red Stars game as a as a bonus game after the fire game. You're getting Red Stars versus Wave one versus three some really high-powered, famous, excellent women's soccer players on the field. I would encourage everyone to stick around, even if you're unsure, right? You're there. You're already there. Check it out. See what you think. I I think that, you know, both of these teams, the Fire and the Red Stars, for some similar reasons and for some different reasons, both suffer from the fact that there are way more soccer fans in this gigantic metro area than there are Fire fans and Red Stars fans. And and Red Stars' attendance has been weak this year up until this point, it, from from what I could tell. Yeah, it, it's been inexplicably down, yeah. like, 30, 40-plus percent. The big question is, how do you capture all the people who are watching other leagues, European leagues, the Mexican league, all the people who are playing this sport, they're going with their kids to play, maybe they play as an adult, how do you get all of those people who love this sport? You know, it's going to be, we're going to see tons of people watching the World Cup this fall. How do you get all those people and get their butts in the seats at, at Red Stars and Fire Games? And it's just, for the Fire, I've said it forever, they have to win. For the Red Stars, they are winning, and they've been a winning team for a long time, and just, it, it hasn't worked to the level that you would hope. Yeah, obviously coming off a a tumultuous offseason, but the other thing for the Red Stars, and this is a broader women's soccer conversation we don't have time for today, and something the Fire have struggled with even recently is you've got all these soccer fans, but you've got large percentages of the Chicago soccer community and fan base that don't see themselves out there. That Red Stars team, uh, diverse is not a word (laughs) you would use with them. They were not a particularly diverse team Last year, and since then, Sarah Gordon, Chicago native, who was big in trying to get girls from 
not only diverse backgrounds, yeah. but from lower economic backgrounds involved in investing in soccer. So she's with Angel City and also injured. And then Casey Kruger, another Chicago area native, another Naperville mm-hmm. pipeline alum, has been out this year because uh, she's currently, she just recently welcomed, I should say, her first yep. child. And so maybe, maybe we see Casey Kruger around for a playoff run, but that even seems kind of... Testing a lot of maybe to, yeah, yeah maybe too close to call at this yeah. point give her a full season recover so again this is a that's a broader women's soccer conversation this is not an exclusively Red Stars issue but the Red Stars roster despite having a lot of Chicago area players on it doesn't look like Chicago and I think that's something when we've talked about the fire how inexplicable it was that they went ten years ten years without a Mexican player on their roster. Like, how is that possible, especially in men's soccer, when there's not like there's a shortage of Mexican talent out there, even in Chicago. And we've finally seen through, you know, youth development and a lot of these younger players who are Mexican-American coming through the fire ranks. Jairo Torres on the team now. Yeah. We've seen that since ownership and since leadership changed a couple years ago at the fire, right. we have slowly seen that be prioritized. I think it would do a lot for the Red Stars role in Chicago sports to see them make similar efforts and recognize that they, that there's an opportunity being missed there to cultivate that fan base, not only just that fan base, that talent base. You've got communities who play a lot of soccer, who love the game. Go find them. Those people are there. Those players are there. Yep. Those fans are there. And hopefully, as time goes on, we will see those players and those fans be more represented around the club. There, there are, I, I could tell you from the fire standpoint over the last couple of years behind the scenes, they've recognized this and they've made a big push. I reported uh, last year, they, they made a play at Orville and Pineda. They went after Hector Herrera. Didn't work out. He went to Houston, but um, they, they have tried to bring in big name Mexican stars. I don't know that they ever made a run at Chicharito. I'm not sure how that. But when Chicharito visited, it was the fire's yeah. biggest attendance. Yeah. Of the season was when Chicharito simply set foot in the building. Yep. Again, it's not all about butts and seats. It's you got to play good soccer, you got to win. And, but an opportunity yeah. to just introduce people who might not otherwise come out to the sport. I said about the Red Stars, they're a fun team. I enjoy watching that team. I haven't been able to get out to a game in person this year, but there's a lot to like about that team, and they've got some really marketable players. Mal Pugh's just the tip of the iceberg with someone who's starting for the U.S. Women's National Team. Mal Pugh might win the MVP this year, and she's going to be starting, assuming her health, for the U.S. Women's National Team, the favorites, at a World Cup next summer. Like, that's going to be a thing. So there's a lot to get excited about about this team. If you were already planning on going for the fire game, please stick around for the Red Stars game. I'll have probably more to say about this because, tentatively speaking, don't want to fully announce this yet, but I, you might see more of me on Chicago soccer, on CHGO soccer properties this week. Um, even if you don't mm. see more of me, regardless, you should definitely tune in to CHGO Red Stars on Friday. That'll be the day before the doubleheader and the day before the tailgate. So before we get out of here, Pat, another reminder for the people out there, we're going to be there. Please join us on what's yeah. hopefully going to be a beautiful Chicago summer afternoon. I have, a, I have an important question. This, we'll make this the final question of the show. I have a very important question for you guys. How many hazy pitches... Can Ooh. I drink at the CHGO <laughs> Fire Tailgate, Red Stars Tailgate, and still be an upstanding, respectable member of the media in the press box 
after because I'm not sitting in the stands. I'm actually oh. going to go do my job for this one. So one and a half. One and a half is the over under. On that. They're, they're tall boys, right? There's one. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a can in front of us. Yeah. I, yeah, I think you're probably going to have to keep it. Yeah, at about that one and a half, and then, um, you know, maybe pour the rest into a cup and find some nearby uh, fellow patron who can help you finish that last half. Would you be that fellow patron? No, no. Got to go back to the whole <laughs> uh, I can't do gluten thing, as mentioned oh, in the right. Owen ad. So, yes. sadly, I will not be consuming any hazy pitch. I forget the there's, seven, there's seven foods and drinks that you can consume. Yeah, it's, it's, the, the list isn't long. But we will be there. Please join us, and hopefully we can experience six points for Chicago soccer teams that afternoon as the Fire take on Atlanta and the Red Stars take on the Wave. We are out of time, so that is going to do it for this edition of the CHGO Fire Podcast. And hopefully when we next talk to you, it'll be four wins in a row for the Chicago Fire looking to replicate a winning streak from 2017. So for Pat, I'm Alex. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Adios.